0: welcome back we have to be quick on this one maybe 45 minutes because dan's got a tooth appointment at 2 30 which is kind of hilarious i don't think I've, he's just, be seen.
1: I've just <laughs> uh, i've just realized that the guy who booked in yesterday was definitely either rugging me or just like taking the piss because he said it was such <laughs> like he said it like looking back he said it was such seriousness but like a really cheeky look so in his eyes like you yeah, know I've, I've been trying to uh, i've been trying to fill this two-thirty. Um, appointment all day, and I was just like, oh, "Okay, cool <laughs> it's like I came along." No, no, no. I've tried to fill this tooth thirty, and I was like, "Ah, oh, okay, I got you now." <laughs>
0: wow. I don't think you're getting any uh, dental work done today. Do put it that way. Oh, mate, definitely. <laughs> hey,
1: when, when you when you see what our last topic is covering today, then come back to this part of the the podcast and put two and two together.
0: God, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's not not suitable for, well, maybe it is, not, maybe suitable for work, depending on where you work, but we'll get to that at the end because it's a good way to wrap it up, I think, before the weekend. Um, but yeah, this is, we've got a couple of points on what's happening with these FTX claims. We've figured out there's been a report on Jared from Subway, how much money he's made. Um, there's been some really strange Things happening with Justin Sun and Three SE and Coinbase, so it's going to be it's quite a packed episode. Um, but I suppose we'll get just straight to it. Um, this this is really interesting initial point, which U.S. IRS files claims worth of forty four billion against FTX bankruptcy. Um, so it feels like do these guys always get paid first? I don't know what the legalities of of they getting them getting paid first, but the Coindesk article reveals that the largest of the claims include 20.4 billion claims against Alameda Research, which details nearly 20 billion in unpaid partnership taxes. So are people gonna get the money back or not? Hell it no. Sounds like they're on a Yeah, you gotta pay Uncle Sam for it, first, I think.
1: Well like where do they get these numbers from? Because these numbers seem so astronomically big that they're normal, but they're still to the point of like, it's like really like 44 billion in like unpaid taxes. Like really? Like where has, where have these numbers come from? And if you've got to pay like 7 billion for like people like you and I and all the other monkeys out there, like where, like, where are these figures come from? I feel like they just make them up and they just pull them out of thin air.
0: And there wasn't even that much, that amount of assets lost, which is kind of hilarious. But the question is, um, FTX and FTX US were apparently two different entities. So, if people overseas have lost funds um, because of the shit show that ensued, why would why would they be footing the bill for this? It makes absolutely no sense. Um, and FTX US customers kind of got out relatively unscathed, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken.
1: Just. It's just, just the way it is. The little guy always gets screwed, isn't it?
0: Yeah, unfortunately, so. Um, but the, it's, it's so kind of ironic, isn't it, that the industry is supposed to be initially grassroots up, that kind of protects, and then these kind of wolves and sheep's go and come in, and house cards comes tumbling down, and then little guys getting stuck with the bill again. But I suppose that emotional rollercoaster that people who seen the recent um, claims that they've located billions in, in assets that we covered a couple of weeks back where they were finding like pieces of paper with try this, don't try this like scribbled on them with like private keys and shit like that. So I don't know. It's just like another kick in the teeth. It's they do it in, they do it in the, like seals training, like false finishes, don't they? Where it's like you can, you see, you see the final, final hurdle, and you get over it, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, we're not done. You've got another ten miles to run." And it's like the complete the whole plot destroys you. Feels <laughs> <So it's laughs> like they've been through the ringer a bit, poor guys.
1: Uh, it's just frustrating man it really is frustrating so we obviously know like a load of people who still have funds like locked away in there and like when all those articles came I was like oh I'm gonna get my money back no bro you're probably not like that money is like poof gone because there's no way you're getting it back based on or being backed by like serum or some other shit coin that was on that piece of paper
0: yeah this guy is saying um, a new exchange magically raises billions in ticks Leading position exchange explodes while trying to take down major players, but customers and other assets are recoverable. Confiscate whatever is recoverable under black box entity 44 billion gone. Um, <sighs> yeah,
1: can't we, as crypto, crypto bro, just keep printing new magical money?
0: Well, what, when we accuse <laughs> of that, and do, do you have any more insight on what that was? Because I just scrolled past that, it. it's he's just saying, um, we've, we've created a trillion dollar in trillions yeah, but- of dollars out of thin air but when they do it it's not it's not on
1: yeah, yeah it's basically like crypto crypto bros made a trillion dollars out of absolute thin air um but it's only the government that's supposed to be doing that and then there was a guy um mike sent it in 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 one of the chats and uh somebody had made like a remix of it so it was like him rapping it it's like crypto bros boom 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 crypto bros <laughs> so funny crazy we should
0: we should find it and put it at the beginning of this stream. <laughs> uh, I'll
1: send it to you in the chat in a bit. It's so funny. But, um But
0: yeah, more pain for FTX um, users. I know, I know people quite close to us who've lost um, seven figures, like seventy-five percent of their liquid net worth, just bought houses and shit. Um, thought they were kind of set up for set up for life effectively through no, well, I say through no fault of their own. It should always be self custody in my opinion, but, um, just going around in circles with that conversation. So this is interesting. So to set the scene a little bit and the easiest way to kind of characterize this, this point I'm about to make, if you were around in the own days and you read the documentation and there was a kind of meme of risk-free value. What that effectively meant was every time you were bonding assets, effectively giving them away for tokens out of out of the treasury, you were putting money into like, let's say the Wonderland treasury, for example, which Seafood still seems to be actively managing. So that's like an extremely fat stack of assets. So let's say it's a couple hundred million dollars worth of treasury the risk-free value is effectively the point at which the asset uh, asset's market cap is one-to-one with the underlying assets in the treasury so if you were to kind of claim um the assets in the treasury your token then that should be effectively one-to-one but that like and if you look at wrapped memo now it it, it it hovers around risk-free value or rfv all the time it's kind of Incredible, really um but that's not always the case um and what what's tended to happen over the past couple of years is all these DAOs and all these kind of treasuries and all these kind of people who managed to raise a shit ton of money um have a huge kind of war chest on chain just out there doing nothing um what's what's happened very recently um and over the past six to 12 months or whatever, is you're starting to see the kind of slow rug. So it's not an immediate liquidity rug, but it's projects paying themselves an extraordinary amount of money. Um, So that's dwindling down the funds that are in the treasury and effectively hoping that their community just dissolves and goes away so they can kind of do with whatever they want with the funds. So obviously that's bad and projects um, deserve to get whatever Recompense comes their way from, from off the back of that. But there's been kind of a group of online traders, and I know a few of them that will s- seek to look out for these pro- projects that have, it might not have been a year ago, it might have been like the 2017 ICO boom where they've raised and sat on a, a shit ton of ETH. So they've got a large treasury. Um, they're not really doing anything, they put out a load of good social updates, and there's always something coming which never comes, and if it does come, it's it's usually a lot of shit. Um, So they've been scoping out these projects with these large treasuries, and then looking at the project and saying, well, the valuation of the project is drastically lower than the risk-free value rate or the um, assets available in the treasury. So what they'll do is they'll go in and they'll coordinate and buy a shit ton of the token so they own like a very, very large portion of the supply and then usually the next step is take it to governance because it's a DAO and that's what DAOs do. Um, usually gets a governance uh, proposal saying dissolve the treasury, and then you can claim the underlying treasury assets for the tokens that you're holding proportional to your to your stake in the protocol, effectively. And that can obviously be very very profitable, um, depending on how much of the token you can buy to sway the vote in your favour and if you can get like a political buy-in from people in the community. So I personally think it's fair game. If you can if you can do it, there's hostile takeovers and shit like that that happen in traditional finance spaces. Um perfectly kind of legal if you if you go about it the right way. So Rook was one recently that this happened to Treasury got dissolved, everyone got paid out. Um because they kind of banded together and put up a government's vote. And then Aragon is one that you said you'd seen, I don't know if we should mention, Ames, but you'd seen people buying into it a while back. And I, I can I kind of remember you bringing it up to me and again, like maybe an our discord or something. Um, but what effectively happened is it looked like this kind of RFV trade dissolution of the, the treasury was about to, happened again with Aragon, and then the Aragon Project came out and said, today the Aragon Association acted on its fiduciary duty to secure its treasury by repurposing the Aragon DAO to a grants program. This is response to a coordinated attack by a group known as Whiskery Value Raiders who took down the Rook DAO. And so it goes on to say kind of last week a coordinated 51% attack was launched on the Aragon DAO. It's not a 51% attack. At all, so that's kind of a bit silly. Ruckold has got uh 25 million payout, partial to the token holdings. So, so the Aragon project, or Aragon DAO, effectively said, "Look, we're under attack here. People are buying our token and trying to dissolve the treasury." Um The other side of the fence is this Lewis guy saying, "Is Aragon DAOs uh, about to go undergo a?" attack, a thread. Disclosure, this is my personal opinion, blah, blah, blah. Um, The AIR, the project legal steward has been working on transferring its treasury 200 million to Aragon Dow. It planned to do so in multiple steps precisely to fix problems like short-term treasury capture. Timelines are delayed a bit. A few days ago, a bunch of people showed up in Discord asking about the treasury. Some of them were spammy behavior. After seeing the offensive language and that some of them were involved in the Treasury takeover and another DAO looked the mod banned them quickly. A Coindesk article came out accusing Aragon Aragon Association of DAO governance censorship. Three things. A Discord server is not a DAO. (laughs) DAOs operate on chain. That's the whole point. It's not nice to ban people on Discord. It's not nice to raid Discord servers. The actors who were banned quickly state the Aragon Association is censoring community members and the individuals and funds that intervene in the projects whose market cap is lower than the treasury. That's like just basically what I was just saying. The problem is per se it's arbitrage. It's more of a person who builds things than rather than making, making the effort, making the market more efficient. But I understand it's a side effect of capitalism and total voting. Um, in Eric's case, the AA stayed with 15% of the supply back in the day that was applauded by the borough community at a time. It's greed, it's greed was rampant. So, in my I don't really know how I stand on this. I don't like the idea that Aragon Dow just effectively been sat doing fuck all for however long on this like war chest of treasury assets. And effectively, from what I've seen off the record from some people who were bought into Aragon, it looks like they were just paying themselves like stupidly, stupidly high salaries. Um and as as I say not doing anything with the funds to progress the product to be in token holder's like best interest. So for me, it's like if you're not gonna get your shit together and you're not actually gonna run a professional company, business, project, DAO, whatever you want to fucking call it, um, expect shit like this to happen. Um I also kind of and see the how it could be perceived as unethical, but it's also unethical that like you just sat on a load of fucking ETH that you raised from God knows how long and didn't fuck all with it and you've kind of dragged it out for an eternity. So I don't know. I think more projects should be kind of put to the sword if they're doing shitty shit in my opinion, but I don't know. Do you have any opinions yeah. on it?
1: Uh it's a very, very great because if you read someone like the comments, um the words that I track, you know, some of the guys are obviously speaking in there, you know, no mm. no names of who, but it kind of like does bring into question the whole structure of a DAO. You know what they do, what they stand for, and how it can actually be something real and, and relevant. Because right now, like, I guess take this with a pinch of salt, but like DAOs just seem, depending on the DAO and the project, people behind it, blah, blah blah. Disclaimer, yeah yeah, but it does seem like pretty scammy where they create a DAO, they create this war chest and like war fund of funds and it's just it feels like it's a bunch of empty promises that never actually happen and if you have created a DAO like what is your purpose like why is this DAO here and are you really for the people which is why Arbitrum so interesting is they created a whole network a whole ecosystem of projects of communities of everything within crypto gave the whole community uh, the right to vote with the token and then it's up to them to basically utilize that to create how, you know, the, the network will actually go. When it comes to these individual ones, me personally, it's just my personal opinion. I just think it's scammy as shit. And like hmm. we featured hmm. in the newsletter, I think a week or two ago, a really interesting article from Dow Times. Now, Dow Times essentially uh, aggregate a lot of the governance reports that are coming out. Um, it's quite a cool website, Twitter feed. And they actually had an exclusive interview. I don't know if it was one of the people you mentioned, but it is these guys who go around raiding DAOs. And essentially, what they do, they create this really nice looking um, product for DAOs. And then they go and get like a shitload of money from grants. And they essentially I've slow rug. Yeah. They, they basically slow rug the DAO by grant, 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 grant. And they make a few like little jazzy things, you know, probably get. S- s- Certain Twitter bots from certain countries because they're really good at that <laughs> that kind of thing. P- staying very politically correct today, ladies and gentlemen. Very, very politically <laughs> <correct>. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to get targeted or anything. Um, and then yeah, they, they'll go around and like rug it. Which is this is this what happened here? I don't know, maybe, but there's going to be somebody somewhere that's made a shit ton of money because Aragon's war chest was fat.
0: Yeah, it was like, uh. So DCF God said here Nation 3 was given $1 million from Aragon Dow. Nation 3 has the same founder as Aragon Dow. So that's a bit of a shit show. Uh Ellie Steinbach, a hostile takeover of Aragon Dow is in the works. Why? Token market cap is 100 and, well, 110 million. Treasury is 186 million. So 75% profit if they could pull it off. Um, so yeah, very very interesting one. But it just makes a mockery of like the whole DAO system, doesn't it? It's everyone knows it's a bit of a meme anyway. Um, like large percentage of the tokens tokens are held by kind of a vested interest and can swear the vote in whichever way they think. But the, the interesting one recently, I, I think we covered it was um, when was it A sixteen Z decided to swear the Uniswap vote in favor against going on to Binance Marching. There's something to do with that. Um, but then it's like, well, if people are complaining about the largest token holders swaying votes in their favor, what's the value proposition of the token then? Because if you're complaining about it, is it, is it, Drastically undervalued, that people can just purchase a large amount and then swear a vote in their favour. Should it be should it be repriced based on the fact of that, off the back of that? And like, what implications do these kind of votes have? And ha- what's the kind of financial benefit of off the back of them? So there's there's a lot to unpack. Um, but for me, it's government's participation is a bit of a joke.
1: Yeah, you, you can even say it's similar, similar to that of real life as well. Like, let's be honest, uh, Warren Buffett with his. You know, it's the stack of Apple shares is going to have a far greater say than somebody, you know, who has like six, which is kind of how this DAO system works. Yeah, it's a bit scammy because it's on chain. You can like actually see it. And because everybody's in this really small little echo chamber on crypto Twitter, the, the negative messages get amplified very quickly. Um But yeah, it was it was a 16 and. I think versus like Jump Crypto because I think Jump Crypto one mm. wanted, wanted to, to go through Wormhole A16 didn't or something. Yeah, I can't remember.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think it's the whole Jump versus Layer Zero argument once again. That's the one.
1: But uh, yeah,
0: moving on. This is this oh, is in, like, one.
1: in light loose, in light news. In light Elon is back, ladies and gentlemen, and he is pumping your lady bags. <laughs> lady bags or lady boys? I don't know. <laughs>
0: so if anyone's listening it's a it's a post from look on chain which is a great great follow on twitter if you don't follow them on it they found a mysterious address created one hour before elon musk tweeted about my lady we withdrew 25 ETH from binance and bought eight t ladies at no point whatever that decimal is so oh so it was the token as opposed to the to the actual yeah. collection that's interesting
1: Jesus Christ so basically in chat in one of the telegrams i'm in ladies which is the token my lady is the nft the lady token when somebody first posted it was at 9 million i woke up this morning it was at 175 million it topped out at about 200 million market cap and that was in the space of less than 12 hours now jedi and i were both on a on a call yesterday just chatting with some guy about business Really cool guy, by the way. Um, And I saw the post and I went quiet. And Jedi's like, Dan, have you seen it? I was like, What? It's like, Milady. I was like, Yeah, dude. I am sat here refreshing it. Milady literally went from like three e floor all the way up to about a nine or a ten e floor. The token price was pumping, and it was just like, What? You just keep refreshing it. And I've ne- I have never seen uh, Open Sea the numbers on Open Sea go up so fast. But they were literally just tick 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 tick. Okay. Then all of a sudden, on one of my other screens, because I'm... Because Bitboy posted his wallet or whatever, uh, and this was in like another Telegram chat as well. All you saw was like Bitboy buying all of these like Maladies as well, just trying like continually to pump it. It was mental, absolutely mental. (laughs) Now I've got I've got a conspiracy theory. I think he's done that because he obviously had like a bag of it, or somebody he knows had a bag of it, to either fund obviously this could be probably untrue and it's just speculation, to fund new developers to fix Twitter, which you on all day, every day, or is to fix the hole that is somewhere in Tesla or SpaceX. Because the amount of money that would have been made from whoever ate in right at the start of the, the token Mladys and then uh, as well as the NFTs would have made an absolute fortune.
0: They could have made a fortune. So what were the three players on that? There was obviously exposure to ladies, nft exposure to this it's not an official token though is it it's just a someone just
1: oh, somebody got very lucky they made it a couple of days ago which is what's very interesting as well the third way buying is... 45
0: 45 grands worth
1: it'd be interesting what that market cap was because at the peak top that would have been just like That's like, excuse the French here, but that's like fuck off money. That is really is just fuck off money. But the other place you could have got exposure to it is through NFT perp. And you could have literally, like, as soon as Elon uh, tweeted about it, you could have just smashed full blown, like 10x long. Seen it start to come down, full blown, like 10x short. That's where it would have been.
0: That was the move, wasn't it? Yeah. Insane. Fuck Mr. Navone, <laughs> John Jones in his panda. Um, so we've covered Jared from Subway, who me and Dan have offered to fight when, whenever and wherever a few times. And we've been we asking, like <laughs> we've been asking the question of how much he actually made. So um, this Eigen is a great, um, a great substack to follow. So it's it's all in the world of MEV, kind of covering what's happening in that weird and wonderful dark world of of, of, of MEV. So basically, I, I won't like read the full article and bore everyone, but a few key takeaways from from the piece were um, the right the creators of Sandwich brought brought it to life on the twenty seventh of February. So it's been it's been around active, but obviously not as profitable as as of recent times. Um, and on twenty April seventeenth, the, the bot gained public attention and sparked discussion. Of that time, more than 60% of blocks contained transactions from the from the bot leading to a gas increase. And obviously we've covered it through ELW's dashboard. It's consistently been the highest gas cuddler on, on Ethereum. Um, what's interesting is the bot the bot didn't generate significant profit until April 17th, which was around about the time when Pepe started. Um And in just one week the bot made two point seven million and has profited six point three million as of May the eighth since launching. So it might be slightly higher than that now on twelfth of well, you'll be listening to this on the twelfth of May. And there was a few there's a few really interesting parts. Did you cover it in is it in the newsletter where we've
1: Not not in this detail, just um, so if you go back out, so the, the, the new newsletter, as we're live on it, has just flicked out. Um, but I only mentioned a very, very brief. It wasn't in-depth like this.
0: Oh, it was this, is this part we were talking about. So yeah. the interesting thing is how profitable it was compared to everyone else. And so if you're watching it on YouTube now, this Eigenfire has created this like, really nice and clean... Dashboard to see um, MEV contract prof- profit leaderboards. So obviously Jared's at the top there, six point two million profit um, with twenty eight million three hundred and seventy seven thousand spent, so a return on investment of twenty percent. So that's when we were saying the other week he obviously making profit. So his, his profit margin is about twenty one percent. Excuse me. Number two, however, is uh three hundred fifty-four thousand, over the same time period. So roughly 18, 19x uh what Jared's made. And and what's even more strange about that is his return on investment only came at a cost of 17 grand. And so that's a return on investment of 2077%. So this one might have just been an out of the ordinary, quite a lucky well-played arbitrage opportunity that's led to this in, in Sandwich. So someone might have lost like a considerable amount of, of ETH because it's only cost them 17 grand and they've made um a ridiculous amount 354 grand. Um and then like everyone else is coming in at 21% roi, 32%, and some of them are like drastically higher in like four-figure ROIs. So um Jared consistently Over the three month period, 21.88% return on investment, 28 million um, cost, and 6 million profit. So, absolutely mind blowing. Um, And it it says why it wasn't through tips, like paying kind of um, paying builders for like in tips to be prioritized to be in the block. It was just purely through bidding ETH higher. And the some of his transactions that I was kind of following when I was looking at what was actually going on with Pepe and a few others, there was kind of back running, so like the reverse of like the sandwich. And the only reason he, it was possible to do that is because he was holding on to like um, a considerable amount of some of these tokens that were going up. So usually, that you'd only sandwich like a front run. You'd buy in, get them to buy it higher and then you just kind of sell in the next transaction. But Jared's bot was effectively holding on to a lot of these tokens and I think has resulted in him being able to be much much more profitable than the other bots. And that creates its own kind of perpetual um self-fulfilling kind of prophecy when he's because these bots are all in competition get each other, right? You can't just you can't have everyone sandwiching the same. But the more profitable he is, the more that he's willing to outcompete the other um bot interests Put the guys up higher, and outcompete compete them. So that kind of that's fulfilled this kind of self fulfilling flywheel of sandwiches effectively. So really interesting stuff. I'll leave it in the description. Um, but yeah, it's uh, nice, nice to kind of wrap it all up, even though he's still at large. <laughs>
1: well, it was crazy. Like he even did today, like 160 E5 and sandwich on a token I, I saw the transaction go through and i was like whoa somebody who's just giga aped the bottom of this chart you click on it it's jared it's like oh fuck it's jared again it's jared again i'll I tell you what like, i'd love to meet him or like, i'd love to get him on the sorry assuming it's a him i only gotta go and buy that by the name jared but like, i'd love to get him on the podcast just to like see who he is what his story is you know how he came up with this like super duper meth bot it's uh it's probably a team yeah, uh, fair. Yeah, true. I like to think it's like you know um you know in South Park when they do the uh, the World of Warcraft thing, and then you've got yeah. there's, that fam- there's that there's that famous like GIF of uh, Eric Cartman. He's like gets his, his like Kool Aid, ready to read, boys, mm, mama. and he just I can imagine like that, that's what they're gonna be like.
0: Is that is that how you imagine them sat in like a yeah. basement with the World of like? They yeah. haven't slept in like a month and they've all just got like bottles of like piss and food yeah, wrappers everywhere. Exactly like sub- sub- subway wrappers. That
1: <laughs> Mate, that's how I see like most fucking like uh, crypto degens uh, being, to be fair.
0: <laughs> so yeah, he's that. But less than three months, reaped over 40.6 40. million in revenue, profit of 6.3. So. Oh, kudos. I'm, I'm kind of salty that I'm not him, but um, he's what it is. Do you want to give us a bit of background about newsletter and BRC20s?
1: Yeah, so basically, like BRC20, I just call it like the bro token, but it's like <laughs> bit, it's basically Bitcoin's like filthy day little secret. Now, there's been no surprise that to anyone that has been going through a meme season, and we said, I remember ages ago when they when the, I come with the guy's name, but he released Ordinals, we're like, yeah, you know, there, there's definitely going to be a shitcoin scene on uh, on Bitcoin at, on on some stage. Now Domino, so Domino, Domo, um, essentially is like, oh, I'm bored one day. Let me go and see if I can do this. So he ends up as an experiment, creating like a BRC 20, 20 coin uh, for for the Bitcoin as a blockchain, and you can mint uh, BRC twenties on there, and you can essentially create the Bitcoin casino of shitcoins. And what was amazing, two days ago, the actual uh, market cap of it was just shy of like a billion dollars as well. And it had just skyrocketed over the last few weeks. We've seen Audi, which was the very first shitcoin on Bitcoin, uh, also got listed on Gate.io as well, which is quite impressive.
0: Yeah, that's mental, isn't it? Yeah, it's... um.
1: Oh, and I was trying is to it... make some thoughts. Well, it was mental I was like right let me go and actually like see how to mint these because it's it's not exactly cheap and you can only mint I think it's like 21 or 24 at a time so it's like right let me try and mint everyone's saying like when block coin when block coin I was like right let me try <laughs> and make a block coin. let me see how much you'll cost so I put it in I put all the stats to max and then it comes out of like 650 bucks was like Jesus Christ. 650 bucks to mint a coin I was like mate are you absolutely stupid I I as much as I love what we do, paying 650 bucks to mint some coins on Bitcoin, it definitely would have been worth it.
0: What's funny is I think you could probably get away with doing that. If we did that on Ethereum, we'd get tied it in with fucking BitBoy <laughs> and ripped it oh, and people like
1: that. Well, I know, I know. Like, I, I, was, I was saying in Discord the other day, uh, sorry, yesterday, because uh, I was getting really angry at what um Ben and Ryan were actually doing. I was like, right, you know, I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a cash tag, a cash tag dan quote, which is gonna be a utility token that's absolutely worthless, does nothing but it's the utility of defense and it's defending against these plebs because these plebs are destroying an industry that I damn love, and I got a numb bum from sitting on this chair all day long trying to support, and these dickheads are absolutely trying to destroy it. it breaks my heart, man. That make me get angry. <laughs> So what would the utility be? It just goes up. Mate, it's, it's a shield. It's a shield, man. Like It's a shield against these assholes. I mean, <laughs> that's it. I'll I, making an NFT, and it's basically going to be an absolutely jacked bicep with a shield on it. <laughs> if there's any NFT developers out there, please get in touch.
0: <laughs> no, I have good uh, bicep throwing skills. <laughs> right. um, so yeah. Something something a little bit more, I suppose, beneficial as a DAO, even though they're a bit of a joke as well, even though I use it every single day. So the Arbitrum account on Twitter posted, big news, Arbitrum is the only roll-up that sends all surplus revenue generated by transaction fees in the, to their respective DAO, and it's time for the DAO to collect the funds so far. So it goes on to say, um, all users on Arbitrum pay a fee when transacting on the network, the network fee... Is split into two components. L1 fee pays for the cost of Ethereum, basically when they're submitting the rolls back to the L1. And the L2 fee pays for the cost of Arbitrum. The surplus L1 fees and all L two fees accumulate on chain before it is sent to the DAO. So effectively just showing um Arbitrum being pretty damn profitable. And I can only see that increasing. Obviously, I don't think anytime we're gonna see um What's it called? Revenue share or anything like that, because I think that'd be a little bit too security like for a company that's set up in New York, I believe. So I couldn't I can't don't expect that to happen, but is there a case for an L2 spinning up that does have revenue share? If anyone's building that, come give me some allocation. (laughs) That's your idea. Um
1: Please and thank you. We can I do don't. all of, we can support you behind the scenes with great advice.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's uh fees generated. They're, so they're pretty they're sat pretty pretty high um on DeFi Llama coming at number nine. What's hilarious is uh GMX is one one layer above them. When GMX chain is what I will ask. Uh optimism down in twelve. It's quite interesting to see level in synthetics there that's that's quite cool um and our friends was that, was, that G- in. was that
1: gmx chain like larp or is that like larp with like hidden meaning
0: uh, i wouldn't be surprised to see every worthwhile asset on this top 20 list have their have their own chain at one point Henry hmm. you can clip that as well because I'll hold my uh I've got two sh- that's that's one of like the I wouldn't even say that's that outlandish I can imagine it's gonna happen there's been what did you did you catch that rumor this this week where there's like a band of merry men in the banking industry and like big corporate uh companies gonna be building their own network
1: uh yeah it's like Microsoft. Yada yada yada. All the big boys. But I'm like, well, why don't they just ape into like uh, the Nasdaq exchange when they make it, or Coinbase's base?
0: Well, I think option guys won't like this. I think they could be potentially using like an DOP stack.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised.
0: I think, and I obviously have no idea about this, but if they were going to do it. I'd say, given A16Z's connection to some of the um, companies mentioned, that will be rolling that out. A16Z, a huge investor in Optimism and Coinbase, hence why Coinbase used um, Optimism for base, but they'll never admit it. So, just kind of funny. Follow the follow the money. You'll probably be led to an example. So, and uh, Optimism, we've got a shitload lot of um, token unlocks coming as well. So. Mm. Gotta 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 play the Ponzi, haven't you? But yeah, you can I'll I'll take those two hot takes. Every decent app will have its own L two and those big institutions will build using the LP stack.
1: Mm. Interesting.
0: Unless Arbitrum pull out of the bag, but uh to make your own L two on Arbitrum, you need a shitload of Arbitrum tokens to vote.
1: And wouldn't they also think- wouldn't that then go Onto a layer three, because I know that's their big thing that they want to do in the future is a layer three or a layer two built on a layer two, which is Arbitrum.
0: Yeah. So, so there's two ways, two ways you can do it using the Arbitrum's SDK effectively. It's anyone can build an L3. So similar to like a Arbitrum Nova. Um, but to, permission to use the arbitrum kind of stack if you want to call it that i know it's not called that um you need to pass it through governance
1: okay fair which would
0: which would require which would require tokens to kind of pass it through but um or a lot of political leading i suppose so yeah that's it I, that's it. i think that's a really interesting space to kind of keep an eye on like apps having their own chain and i think with I suppose a really good play around that would be the, is it the orbital bridge or orbiter bridge connected yeah. to 2s and things like that. Or synapse, I suppose would be another good, uh, good play as well. So hmm.
1: interesting. Watch this space. Cause we'll report on it whenever we find out something, something. Did you,
0: I don't know why I've saved this, <laughs> but it's obviously for some reason. Uh, Do you know what this is about
1: uh yes yes and no like there was a there was a so basically as bitcoin's gas fee was pumping the people who live in el salvador because they have basically adopted um, bitcoin and bitcoin as a blockchain um and essentially in order for people to move money they use it they use bitcoin as like gas or whatever and it spiked so high to, to 20 bucks which for most people watching this, 20 bucks is, is 20 bucks. She probably likes spend that down Maccas uh, every couple of weeks or whatever after a few pints. But in El Salvador, she was saying that the average salary is only between like three and 500 uh, US dollars a month. She was trying to move 100 bucks uh, via the blockchain, and for it to cost 20 bucks to move 100 bucks is just astronomical. It is percentage wise, it's huge. So because Bitcoin has finally come to life and there's finally activity there and the maxis are gonna have to take a step back as the shit coiners like you and I come on, um, it was just it was just like a, a little bit of pain. It was very unfortunate that yeah. what El Salvador's done has been great for Bitcoin and crypto in general, but this poor lady was trying to move 100 bucks for 20 quid and it's just like, no. Yep. It was the same on Ethereum, dude. Like All of this money that's getting done through gas fees is just going straight back to the miners.
0: There's going to be a question soon of is the burn to reward ratio too high? And do you bring it down so it's more in line so the burn reduces, but um, validators are paid more, I think, particularly as... Pendle's effectively pricing in that ETH, ETH um, staking rewards are going to be around 3.5% over the next two years. That's obviously speculation because we never know. Um, a lot of things play into that, but there is a lot of talks in the Ethereum camp of the from certain people that the burn might just be too much, particularly if we haven't even seen a roaring bull market now with the IP 1559, so... Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see a for a suggested EIP. Not in the near future, but
1: somewhere oh, mate, down Bull runs like three years away. Christ, it's time.
0: <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> uh, what have we got next? Yeah, so <laughs> Coinbase newsletter flags rise of Pepecoin and BRC tokens, X Crypto, Twitter.
1: Mate, this is absolutely ridiculous. The fact that when you scroll down and like the guy was like, over time it has been co-opted as a hate symbol for alt-right groups, according to the anti defamation bro. It's Pepe, bro. Like times evolve, things evolve, and Pepe has evolved into a symbol of meme of meme, and that's it. At
0: least, delete Coinbase is trending again. <laughs>
1: true true. i've seen that it just popped up now
0: (laughs) it's usually a bull market thing but you know um this is another hilarious uh this is more of a soap opera kind of podcast at the minute (laughs) um three arrows founder susie obtains singapore restraining order against arthur hayes over harassment
1: (laughs) it's because arthur arthur hayes was like shit posted on twitter about him saying like bro Give the money back that you stole, and you wrote of people, and I was just like being a little bitch about it. Yeah, I thought he was, as he um, as he sits he was there, bad. did you see that picture? As he sits there with like that massive like tray of oysters, and ironically there was only six of like oysters bigger than both of our heads put together. On this trade, and I don't know if it was off or somebody else, but they made the comment Is that one oyster for every one million dollars you scammed off somebody? I was just like, Oh, <laughs> yeah,
0: Alpha can't talk though. I suppose he's done the time though, but yeah, that's with. I wonder if, uh, I wonder if the FTX thing with the IRS is gonna completely destroy the OpenX exchange even though it was kind of destroying itself like kill it before it even starts really because people don't have claims to trade against then they can't use the exchange
1: oh fair point so yeah fair point
0: scammers got scammed um this phase is a fucking joke at the minute it's quite hilarious um so justin sun if you listen to this, we're recording it on Thursday, the 11th of May. So you'll probably listen to it on Friday. Um, so Justin Sun posted before we went on i I've decided to begin actively trading meme coins and promising projects through my public address. Please note I will bear all potential losses from these trades, and any profits made will be donated entirely to charity.
1: And you know so what? what Somebody, somebody's already launched a Justin coin. There's already adjusting coin now. That's probably gonna be like dangerous. Re- like listening to this like 24 hours later, but they are out in force and be careful because they're gonna spoof his address. They already have and this sexy coin, yeah, this sexy coin. One of the lads in Discord posted in there. The devs already rugged it for 189 million. I mean, 189 e, which is insane, man. This is where, mate, this is the part of their cycle with meme coins I don't like because this is where innocent people and innocent newbies will get wrecked because they're oh, mm-hmm. look, oh, meme coin. I can, I can make a Virginia next year. You can make a Virginia next three weeks ago, dude. Not now.
0: Yep, too late. Extremely toppy. We deserve to get flushed out. And, yeah, after, after the, just the post of that um and I can 10 minutes later over 10 transactions if someone's spoofing trades appeared already just uh, new people to scan are going to get wrecked so
1: mate old people to scan are going to get wrecked <laughs> okay if there's one thing you guys take away from today is learn how to read Etherscan understand what a spoof looks like
0: should we wrap it up with this one
1: yeah let's wrap it up
0: with that <laughs> if you listen if you listen into this loud i'm going to give you 10 seconds to mute it particularly if there's children <laughs> around um, but i'd recommend listening to it in private if you can so i don't know why this came up it's completely uncrypto related but i found it hilarious anyway so um, <laughs> it's just, it's a message from someone saying the greatest personal injury case i've ever heard Chris Goodnow, an estimated value attorney, has picked up a client who is suing a sex toy company. Said client purchased a butt plug that was advertised as 100% silicon. Clients wear butt plug to MRI appointment. Much to the client's dismay, butt plug is in fact a metallic core. Butt plug is accelerated to the speed of sound, at the speed of sound, into the client's chest cavity, described in the memo as an anal ray gun. I survive with major injuries not laughing at the injuries part but um of <laughs> the mr mri so um but I, I think we should launch anal Regon Ray, inu and
1: <laughs> i'm not gonna lie it's, it's probably already launching now <laughs> <laughs> I love how it's uh... at what point in your day like uh... For example, I get up a lot like half four in the morning so now I can go do my training or whatever. I would never think at half four in the morning, oh I've got t- I've got a dentist appointment at two thirty today, I'm gonna shove an anal plug on my eyes and just uh see what happens. Like, dude, no, no, no <laughs> Oh
0: god. Yeah, so make sure you know where you're getting your butt plugs from, ladies and gents. Um, make sure Look, if, all if, if you launch silicone. a coin if you
1: launch a coin if you don't, your coin slip into the DMs and that's now
0: <laughs> All right, we'll wrap it up. Uh, if you listen, none of that was financial advice. <laughs> if I need to say <laughs> that, then <laughs> you're a complete idiot. Um, and yeah, sub- subscribe to the newsletter. It's below. Subscribe to YouTube. It's literally right in front of you. That'd be great. Um, Lots of good stuff coming out, article-wise, on blockmits.com and across this podcast and the newsletter is should be out by the time we read it so yeah thanks again and we'll speak to you next time